Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. I am really looking forward to talking to you today about a local garden that you visited and that sounds absolutely fascinating. The design of this garden works around the principle of permaculture. So before you describe this garden in detail to our listeners, Keith, let's talk about what exactly permaculture is. Okay. Permaculture is the science of the best selective placements of components in a plan to increase resources, conserve or create energy, and eliminate or reduce pollution or waste. Everything reacts with something else, um, and it's it's probably similar to how our forebears lived. Mm. And this this farm that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on works to those principles. Okay, so it's it's like a mutually beneficial relationship between people, plants, animals, and soil. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Well. Let's not say later on. Let's just tell us about this garden, and then we can discuss how we can actually, uh, you know, use those principles okay. ourselves in our own gardens. Tell All right. Us about so, it. so there is a property in Keylor East, in the suburb of Keylor East, where you drive along this road and you come to a, a bend, and the house just on the bend is a triple-fronted brick veneer type. House, you know, just like in nineteen seventy five, eighty, somewhere around there. Mm. Um, it just looks like a normal house. Yeah, it's got a front yard, it's got a garage, it's got a front door. Has it got anything in the front yard? It's got some plants in the front yeah. yard, a few trees and bits and pieces, but nothing, nothing that that you know sort of says to you, well, wow, this is um, come on this in, is, this is this is a, special. This is a lifestyle that, that we've got here. Mm. So this property is called the Rose Creek Estate. And when I went, knocked on the front door, the door was open and there in front of me was Lena. <laughs> and Lena said, come on in, I want to take you up, up to the, up to our, the top floor first and show you what it's all about. So, oh, so we went up, upstairs, up, uh, went upstairs and uh, we went across and she opened up the curtains and there in front of you was this most incredible food forest wow. full of the most incredible plants that I have, some of that I'd never, ever seen in my life. Wow. And it, it was not just a normal backyard. This was probably over four acres, I would imagine, wow. of land, Gosh. all on a slope that went all the way down to the Rose Creek. Right. So that was what Lovely. it was named after. Lovely. So this was the home of, of, of Lena, Tony, her husband, and, um, and Angelo, the, the son. And they are living in this slice of Tuscany. Oh my goodness! And but they're all enjoying what you know what we consider would be permaculture, right? Yes. All right. So if you can imagine, all the way around the three the three boundaries are all different varieties of olive trees. Okay. All the way around both sides, down the bottom, olives, mm-hmm. olive and you, oil. Yep, yes, and then then you walk out. And Tony wasn't Tony. Tony wasn't um, available to, to have much of a discussion with us this day because he was too busy breaking down <laughs> olives and turning them into olive oil. So you could hear this machine going that he was he was operating underneath the, the basement. Okay. So out the, out through the back door, you 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 came to this covered area that was just had all these incredible um, table grapes hanging down. And it looked absolutely sensational. How did I know you were going to say that? Oh, I'm just, just imagining this beautiful place, yeah. white grapes in you know long, long bundles, oh, yeah, you know, hanging yeah, down. Yeah. 
um, and, and, and red grapes. Oh, it was just stunning. And, of course, you know, we couldn't help ourselves but, you know, have a bit of a sample here and there because yeah. they were low enough to reach. Yeah. So then when you walked out the backyard, um, you, if we went, went to, our, to our left, you went over to where the chook run was mm -hmm. and the chook run had every conceivable looking chook that you had ever come across plus a peacock. Oh wow! A big, pe yeah, big peacock was Where wandering it, around. There. What, what does the peacock do? Where does it? Fit I in? think the peacock was more there for protective uh, to look after the all chooks. the other chooks. Okay. I would imagine. Yeah. And then just next to the to the the uh, chook run was the big vegetable garden, mm -hmm. and she had all every conceivable vegetable happening there at, at, at that you know during that season. Oh my goodness! And then of course, what they, she would go in there and harvest the vegetables, uh, and then. The, the leftovers would be thrown into the chooks, you know, so it's a nice, quick, oh. easy way. So the chooks would then pick all that and they would poo it out and then you've, you've got your, 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 your fertiliser in, in, yep. in a little bit yep. of time, you know, yep. that you can put back into your garden. Yes. And then you walked along this particular terrace. So next to the to the vegetable garden was this wild open area right. and it had looked like, you know, it had been uh, rather neglected. Mm. Almost to the point of saying, well, gee, but that's what happened to this bit. This, this, this bit's full of bloody weeds, <laughs> but those weeds were all edible weeds oh. that you know that she had remembered from her time in it, in Italy yeah. that they would go and gather from the the hills and so forth, and they would cook them down and make them into pies and all sorts. Oh, um, you know, you could just imagine a beautiful um, egg with with, I suppose. Weeds Weed. in a, in a Weed phyllo in pastry, you know, oh, as, a, as a slice. It was just, it would look, you know, mm. be incredible. Mm. Then you walked on further and then down through the centre of all this was this vineyard that had all these incredible vines going down the slope. And, of course, all these were um, used for making wine. Mm -hmm. you know? So the only thing that they, they didn't have um, on, on their site there were actual animals that, that, that they would, um, you know, they would, oh, they would kill. Oh, that's you know? good. Yeah. I so, like so, that but they, they, they would produce more than enough, um, vegetables, more than enough eggs, mm. more than enough, um, wine and mm. olives mm. so that they could barter those, the, you know, all that excess. So with, vegetarian permaculture. With, yeah, with, perhaps. well, with neighbors and all that. Yeah. Okay. And, but I'm going to talk about another one in a little, little while that will okay. just, you know, blow this whole thing away. Okay. So they were living the permaculture way of, of living. Yes. You know, everything was set up so that it, everything looked after itself in terms of uh, being a, a, a produce. Yes. But it was also looking after for the next layer of, of, yes. of life that it was, you know, that it was going it was to, to look after. the cycle. So yeah. Yeah. that method of having the tall trees and then the smaller trees, it is called? Stacking. Okay, so yes. tell us about stacking. Stacking is when you grow the taller plants. The you, plant, you place the taller plants in position to then shade the medium-sized plants underneath, which then shade the ground cover plants. Exactly. Very simple, very effective, and clever process. Absolutely. Yeah. And those plants would be would be set up in such a way that their root systems would not be impacting on one another. The others. Yeah, right. how is that? How would that be? Well, set? you're looking at a series of, of levels where you're having roots that would be deep mining roots. Yeah, so, right. And and to give you an give you an idea of what one of those mm. are, would be something like comfrey, mm. and they have the ability to put a root system down uh, four, five, six, seven yes. meters deep yes. down to the soil, yeah. and what's down there are all the minerals that have washed through the, the soil profile mm. that they can access and bring, bring to the surface. Back up, yes. So the comfrey can then be used to feed the chooks yep. because it's a fabulous 
rich, high in protein food that's full of all those goodness yeah, you know, things, the goodness yep. things. But it's also very, very good as an activator for for, for the composting system. Uh-huh. You know, so, so you've got that that little little relationship happening. How magnificent. And then maybe behind that you might have things like blueberries happening, you know. Okay. So the whole thing is is one plant working. For another, in, for the other. Yeah, in, yeah. A, in, a, in a symbiotic in relationship yeah. with all the others. Yeah, yeah. So, so incredible. So this is just incredible. So can we – this place sounds like – Heavenly, can we go and see it? You can. They have um, a series of open days. Okay. But you need to Google Rose Creek Estate. Yes. Have a look to see when they're going to have things. But um, I mean, they have. They've got this this incredible wood fired pizza oven up in one one corner up the very very top. We can go in there and 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 they they'll do, you know, these incredible pizzas. The, the food is the, the food is all come from, from the garden. garden yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely fantastic. incredible. So it sounds absolutely amazing, but it also sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, look, but it's a lifestyle it's for them. For them, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean we, we could do something with a smaller. I mean, we could do something on our own properties absolutely. in a small way. Exactly. But this sounds like an absolute. You know, you wouldn't have time for anything else. This would be your lifestyle, as you say. This would be exactly. your job. Yeah. But it's you know obviously incredibly. Um, um, rewarding for them oh, to do for that sure. as well. That sounds um, you know, and they've, and they've got to meet so many wonderful people with their open days, you yeah. know, and share with them yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the principles that, that they actually run yeah. on. Now you've got to tell me about another one as well. Yeah, there's another one, but this this one would be one that, that if, if I had the money and the time and everything else that goes with it, I would go and see myself. Oh, and so this is in America. Oh, right. And the, this this actual farm is called Polyface Farm, mm. and it's in Virginia in the US, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a, a truly utopian farm. Oh. And I'm I'm going to I'm going to read a little bit about this. Okay. It's not only highly productive, but provides healthy food which has integrity. On this farm, they've got it, which is a mixed farm. They've got uh, cows, chickens, pigs. Turkeys and rabbits, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is run on what on a, on a rotation basis. Right. So there's no fertilizers coming into this whatsoever. There are no pesticides, oh. and there's minimal use of fossil fuels. So the cows are moved frequently to ensure the grass is is still plentiful, mm-hmm. and so it's not overgrazed. And then a few days later, chickens are, are allowed to go into those areas to eat the grubs. That are, are, are helping to break down the cow pets. All right, <laughs> so their their um, you know their their diet is either grass or insect. Mm-hmm. So perfectly you know. So then natural. Yeah, then they're creating healthy, absolutely healthy poo. So the chickens roost in this mobile um, egg mobile. <laughs> all right, so they exercise. They got free uh, fresh air, and they're free to free range. Isn't that wonderful. Lucky. And pigs. then they've got pigs, and they nest in the shelter of the forest rather than in the cages, like in, in oh, caged pens and so. Yeah, of in, uh, so they're not they're not in a, in amongst their own urine. Right. So listen to this. Now this is a hundred acre farm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking acres. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't convert that. Oh, down we to know what an acre is. That's all right. So this. Just on 100 acres, this farm produces 30,000 dozen free-range organic eggs just on the farm. Yeah, how old? 30,000 per year, are you talking about? Yeah. Yes, yeah. per annum. Per annum. Mm. Um, 10,000 free-range chickens. Gosh. 115 tonne of grass-fed beef. Wow. 115 tonne of free-range organic pork. Oh. 800 stewing hens, 1,000 turkeys, 
and 500 rabbits. Oh, wow. And that's all on that farm. That's amazing. And all the animals are slaughtered on the farm. Oh. I, I know it's awful. Oh, not everyone wants to hear that. <laughs> but it's done in front of the, of, of the buyers so that they oh. can see. No, no, so that, that's what they've, you know, that's the whole idea oh, of this. No, no. For them to understand that, you know, that their food actually doesn't come from just a supermarket or a butcher. No, no. They, they know have exactly to look at it how, though, but how, anyway, how it's all happened. That's okay, keep going. So that is just mind-blowing, you yeah, know, when you yeah, think that about is, That's about incredible, that. the productive nature yeah. of that. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, there you are. Okay, so thank you for that. If we're going to do it, if we're going to do something with permaculture ourselves, uh, like build it, you know, working on the permaculture principles, what can we do in our own gardens or how do we start? Is there a little, a small... Yeah. Way that we can do this. Well, there is. You can't just go out there and start it. You know, you've got to, you've got to have, <laughs> well, we have a, you've to, got to have a plan. Yeah. You, we have, the, of course, we have to research. So, you know, we need to get to know our surroundings to start with because we need to know what, what, what the native plants are, what the insects and pre- predators are that we're going to be dealing with, I suppose. Exactly. So that's the first thing we need to do. We need to know where the sun rises and sets yes. so that we can pick the, the right yes. spot to have our, our, our vegetable garden. Yes. And that, that's probably where I would, I would be starting. Well, you talked about the Rose Creek estate, estate having, yeah. was, was built on a slope. Yes. Now, there was a reason for that, isn't there? There is. What they did across that slope was they installed things called swales. Yes. And what a swale is, is a drain mm-hmm. that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when you, if you, if you had a, an area that was full of water, you would put a drain in mm. to take that water away. Drain it away. Well, that's right. Well, what you do on, on, with a swale is a swale goes horizontally and level across that slope. Yes. So when the, when the rain comes, it washes down into that, into swale. that swale or mm-hmm. drain and it sits and slowly works its way through the soil profile. Or if the rain is that heavy and it fills up that, that swale, mm. it spills over the edge and goes down to another swale. Yes. And so on Watering and so on. Watering the plants on the way Watering down. Watering the, the garden on the way down. And, but keeping that soil profile moist all the way through. Yes, yeah. And then either in those swales or behind those swales, you can plant, you know, your fruit trees and all these sorts of things mm. that, that, that are going to Need have that, that high, high demand of, of yes. moisture in the soil. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fantastic. So that's what we need to do when we're going back to planning. We, whether we need to check whether we're on a slope, because yep. that could be something that you could use. Absolutely on, beneficial. If you're having a slope, we need to any any um, unique features that might be in the garden, like a tall native plant that can act as a trellis for a new mm-hmm. plant. So we need to look at what we've got, what we're working with, and build around it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then next, we need to choose the plants and we what do. sort of plants we need to choose. Plants that are native to our area, if that's what you want. Okay, and that's not, not not what I want. Okay, what are you want then? What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I don't want any. I don't want any particularly plants in in my garden that, that are not going to be of, of of a benefit to me and my family. So I want. Oh, I want, so you want? I want productive. Um, yeah, I want productive, and and that that is also um, something that 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 happens within a permaculture garden too, yes. where you might have to have tall screening plants to stop wind coming in mm. and, and destroying your garden rather than having great big native plants mm. um, that for the sake of having native plants, you, you might select, say, a native plant like a Backhousia. Right. So, so there's Backhousia citriodora. Mm-hmm. Which is the is the lemon myrtle? Oh yeah. So you could use the leaves off that tree to make um, drinks, tea, teas, all yes. those sorts of things. Yes. So and that and they can make a fabulous screening plant. Mm-hmm. Now, so you, you can you've always got to be thinking, what's the benefit of these plants to, overall yes. to you 
and to, to the, each and other. To the, to, to the garden. And that's where companion planting comes in as well. That's right. Because that's very important. And we've discussed companion planting in a, in a previous podcast, which we're hoping you've listened to. So, all right, so now what about design? Once again, I, as I mentioned, you've got to make sure that you're getting the most out of the traverse of the sun yeah. right through, in particular, into the winter time where that sun drops down in the sky to mm. about thirty degrees, mm-hmm. so you need to need to be thinking, you know, where where are you going to get the most benefit of that? Yeah. And sometimes um, the most benefit of that sun in a permaculture situation is actually in the house itself. So you're letting that those sun rays go into the house to warm the house up. Yes, and then you can have inside that house you can have, you know, all your your winter vegetables in 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 boxes up That's near the winter, true. you know, being warmed up by That's the true. sun. That's true. That, you know that. Um, you don't need to, to worry about electricity you know, to, no. to heat those beds up. Okay. Soil. Right. Soil <laughs> is, is the most important thing. That's probably the thing. first and, thing and, you need to look at. And I hope people have um, listened to some of our earlier podcasts on soil, but yes. soil is the most important thing that you can have that you, you, you've got to start with. Yeah. You're going to know what you've, worked, what you've got. Mm. And the last thing you want to do with your, with your soil is not use it. So what I mean by that is you wouldn't think removing what you've got and then bringing in topsoil, for instance. Oh, gosh. Okay? Mm. So you, you need to work out what your soil is mm. and amend it. And what it needs. And and, 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 needs and one are. of the best things you can do with any soil is just keep on adding compost. Yeah, absolutely. You're never going to over-compost. No. And, yeah, oh, compost is, is, is the, the number one important it's the, thing. Is the key, yeah. That's right. And there, also in permaculture gardening I read something about um, – Tilling the soil or not tilling yeah. the soil. Okay, so I don't believe necessarily in tilling the soil. All right. Though uh, with certain garden beds, because uh, in my own in my own situation, I have to because I need to be replenishing the goodness in high volumes. Because, for instance, um, where, where you've got tomatoes growing, they are an incredibly heavy feeders, and they will just strip that soil of all the organic matter mm. that's in there. Mm. So, what I tend to do then is I pull them out and I put lots of compost back into that soil, and I do mm-hmm. turn it over. But okay. in a, in a permaculture situation, you wouldn't do that. Right. And one of the reasons you wouldn't do that is you don't want to be destroying the biota that's within the soil. You don't want yeah. to be destroying the fauna and the and the flora yeah. that lives naturally and has a symbiotic relationship with those plants that you know that that it's there because they're trying to support those plants. Yeah, so you're trying to keep the nutrients intact, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. One of the most beneficial um, things in the soil is actually fungus. Yes. So it, it has a symbiotic relationship with uh, certain plants mm-hmm. and it can render them drought tolerant basically oh, yeah. because they can deep mine with their mycelium root systems and supply that back to the plants. Okay, yeah. okay, gosh. So there's an awful lot I know, to do. I know, I'm thinking, gosh. So then raised garden beds might be a good idea too if there's uh, – uh, as far as not tilling, if you're not going to till, then a raised garden bed doesn't. We obviously need to be tilling your own garden soil, but if you're putting in a raised bed with new soil, then maybe that could that could stay. Depending on yeah, what, you, what, what you're, you're doing, planting, what you're growing what you're planting, in, in, in after it. Another option, stacking is something that we discussed earlier. So mm-hmm. that's important when you're planting. That you yeah. can consider stacking. So mulching is 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 probably one of the most important things, and I like to change the the types of mulches that I'm putting into into my garden beds on a regular regular basis. So I might one year I might or one one part of the season I might be putting lucerne mulch mm-hmm. uh, as the mulch and then 
um, the next season I might be putting pea straw over the top of that. Yes. And then the following season, part of the season, I might be using something like who flung dung. Why are you changing it over so much? Because you're putting something different into the soil with every form of mulch that you're putting on there. All right, there's something new that, that I mean, all right, so what I mean is that pea straw isn't the same as lucerne. No, no, no. Which isn't the same as who flung dung. Yes. You know, so they're all different. Yes. So you keep on adding different things to the soil. You're feeding the soil, so the soil a, is- a range of, of different different components. Okay. And that's what makes that soil so good. That's another subject because I, when, I don't know when you would know when to add what. Well, that is another subject. <laughs> That's another whole subject. I'm going, what, what, what? All right, okay, so come on, we could go on about this forever. We need to add, so we need to make sure we're adding the, the mulch. The compost is very important. A drip irrigation system, because if we don't have a, a slope that we can put our swales into, mm-hmm. then this, the irrigation system is important. So it's just the usual things that you need to do, but you need to make sure you put them in place so that everyone can work together. You've got to start with the plan. Definitely. So look, it's a, it's a, it sounds like a huge idea. But maybe it doesn't have to be so big in scale. So no matter what size the garden is, by using the principles and techniques we've talked about, I guess it's possible to make the most efficient and resilient use of your garden space. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.